This podcast is brought to you by Alliance Motor Auctions. Has your car shit itself? Then you've got to go with Alliance. It's the easiest way to buy a quality car at a very competitive price. Located in Moorbank, New South Wales. Call 02-9822-7200 or visit www.allianceauctions.com.au South Coast Window Furnishings. Have your window furnishings shit themselves? Then you've got to get in touch with SCWF. They service the south coast of New South Wales from Wollongong to Bermagui. Give Jamie a call for a free quote on 0408 812 007 or like them on Facebook at South Coast Window Furnishings. Elite Sports Physiotherapy. Has your back or another part of your body shit itself? Then look no further than ESP. Established in 2006, Elite Sports Physiotherapy provides physiotherapy and massage services to the people of Melbourne. Located on the mezzanine level, 13-15-1 Freshwater Place in Southbank, Melbourne. Give them a call on 03-8640-0328 or visit elitesportsphysio.com.au today. Also, special thanks to verse.com.au for putting the finishing touches on this podcast. Cheers. Hello. Thanks for listening. My guest this week is stand-up comedian Danielle Walker. Born and raised in Townsville, Queensland, Danielle gives a great insight into Townsville life. We also talked about the time she spent in the UK as a nanny and what got her interested in stand-up comedy. This is Taking It Easy with Daniel Connell. Danielle Walker, thanks for taking it easy with me today. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Not bad. Bad. We just fi- we just finished a gig. Yeah. Uh, over in Northcote. Uh, if you weren't talking to me right now, what's your usual post gig uh, ritual? Oh, um, yeah, I'll be home now because yeah. I'm home now. <laughs> And I would probably be chatting to my partner, telling yeah. him about what went good and what didn't go good. Yeah, debrief. Yep. Um, but he's not away at the moment, so no matter what, um, <laughs> I wouldn't be doing my regular thing tonight anyway. Right. Yeah. Did you like to get home, have a cup of tea? Yeah. Do you have a like a? Oh, I have a um, I have a like a skin regime. Is that right? Yeah. Which Only is post gig or for every night? Every night. Okay. It'd be um, funny if it was post gig. Yeah. <laughs> I only look after my skin on gig nights. <laughs> uh, you call Melbourne home now. Yeah. But you grew up in Townsville, Queensland. Mm-hmm. For someone who's never been there, uh, like a listener, never been to Townsville, could you explain it? What, what, what could people expect if they went to Townsville? It's like if you've been to Brisbane, it's like that, <laughs> but a bit smaller. But it's, it's like a coastal town. It's beautiful. Like, it's lovely. They've got mm. a beautiful beach there called The Strand. And all the people there are so relaxed, I think, except for in traffic. Okay. Um, Is there a peak hour there? Well, it's not that there's a peak hour. It's just that any traffic, I think, to people who aren't used to traffic... Is makes them infuriated. Okay, you'll see just a person who's had the best day <laughs> just go from zero to four hundred <laughs> at a roundabout that'll take two minutes to get through. Do you think it's the heat? I think it's just not being used to waiting. Okay, make makes you impatient. Yeah, I think, but it, it could also be the heat. But I think everybody says it fries the brains, which I think is rude <laughs> since I'm from there. <laughs> Uh, so humid as well is that that's known for it's, it's a tropical isn't it mm, yeah it's like it's real humid which I'm I'm going up there for Christmas which is in like two weeks time mm. or something and I am not looking forward to it because I've I've acclimatized to Melbourne and you know how it was a, yesterday or the day before when it was like really hot it was like 38 degrees yeah. in Melbourne um, I have a lot of tropical plants in my home and the humidity, it was going to be a very dry day. So I sat in uh, my study and I shut the curtains to make it dark in there and then I put the fan on and then I put a humidifier on mm-hmm. with all my tropical plants <laughs> to keep the humidity level up high in there. And I walked out of there and I walked back in and it was like a hot box. It was disgusting. So I guess that's what Townsville is is like temperature-wise. But everybody, it's beautiful. Yeah. And everybody's got air conditioning, so, wow, what you know, a great invention. you're fine. And pools, so... <laughs> 
Um, did you have much to do with snakes and crocodiles and reptiles? When I think I think North Queensland, I think reptiles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my granddad was caretaker at the army camp in Tully, right. which is like about, I guess, like two and a half, three hours, depending how fast you drive um, north of Townsville. Is that up into the mountains, Tully, is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's the capital of – it's got the most rainfall in Australia. Ooh. Um, it's a rainforest area. Yeah. Um, and Granada was caretaker up there, so it was just like hectares and hectares, pretty much untouched rainforest. And I remember one night because um, my granite, he like he invented this special type of pig trap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it only catches pigs. It doesn't catch cassowaries, which was like a big deal. Oh, okay. Um, Endangered cassowaries? I don't know. They're yeah. evil though. Yeah. So, but you don't want to catch them? No, no, no. They're so vicious. Mm. Michael, I, wonder what he, I wonder what he did especially to the trap to <laughs> – yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I haven't talked to him about his pig trap, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you got something to talk about at yeah, Christmas time. We right? got something good to talk about. He got new teeth for Christmas, so uh, well, that and the teeth. <laughs> um, but yeah, we used to like drive up in into the rainforest in the middle of the night to go check the pig traps. And I remember once, um, Granddad stopped the Ute and he got out, and there was like a big carpet python across Ooh, the road, nice. and he put his foot on its head. And picked it up by the tail and told me to get out of the ute and come have a pat. <laughs> have a pat. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. And he's got a he's got did like it, a. Did it curl? Did it like when he grabbed step on the head? No, did it try and curl up his leg or anything. No, I couldn't. Just stayed because he had his foot on its head and he had the tail in it in his hand. Ah, right. So I was stuck straight. And did you have a pat? Yeah, I had a pat. <laughs> um, and now he lets snakes, carpet snakes, live in his shed. In amongst, he's got like heaps of wood and stuff in there. So mm. he lets the carpet snakes live in there um, just to sort out any rats that might That's good. come about. And my Uncle Peter used to catch like reptiles and amphibians and that sort of thing for um, Steve Irwin's uh, Crocodile really? Park. Yeah. Like a uh, outsourced, Irwin outsourced to. Yeah. Queensland. I mean, although I should fact check that because that's just a thing that I have in my mind from my childhood. So it might not be true, but in my mind, that's true. Yeah, in my cool. mind, he also worked on Survivor as like a guide, but I also don't, I can't verify. <laughs> it would be pretty funny if he was just, he told you Steve Irwin, but he was just illegally. Like exporting reptiles yeah. over there. <laughs> Tropical frogs overseas. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to have a chat with him at Christmas too. You've got a bit to talk about. How'd you go in school in, in Townsville? Were you uh, a, a good kid? Did you apply yourself? No. No, not at all. I didn't care at all, which now looking back, I'm like, oh, if I actually – I actually remember I did apply myself for like one term of high school. Mm-hmm. I remember it was like year 10 or something and I decided I was going to use my diary – and do all my homework, and I did it, and my marks were so good for that term. <laughs> but it was the worst time. I was so bored just getting home and doing work for subjects that I didn't care about. Um, and what, then, what made you click for that one month, though? Oh, it was like three months. It was three a term. Months. Sorry. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, I think I was just – I don't really know. I think I just decided I'd do it so that I wouldn't get the anxiety of not doing it. Yeah. And then I think I realised that, that – anxiety outweighed the actually doing it. Right. So then I just stopped doing it. And I'd only – I would do good for the subjects that I liked, but there was only really like art and music and a bit of biology that I liked. Right. I didn't like anything else. Yeah. You incorporate a lot of art into your stand-up now. Yeah. yeah. You could call it art. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's drawings. Yeah, yeah it's it is. It's, yeah. Just, it's not like – it's not great. You know, it's just like a, a plain picture. But I think it's – thank you, you. That's a compliment. But you might not – but it, it's definitely got your own – the way you draw things is definitely your own take on that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. that must have come – so did you draw a lot in high school? Yeah, in high school. I think I was like thought quite visually. Mm-hmm. Um, and in high school I made a lot of art projects um, that were mostly – honestly, I've – I went backwards. I started with like collage Okay. I used to like draw the picture of a person's face and then I'd sort of shade it in with like, I don't know, little bits of scrap paper from magazines that yeah. were in the colours. Yeah. And that took so long to do. Remember what, what sort of magazines were you reading to, to use? Oh, I'd just get whatever mum had lying around. <laughs> like which is usually, new idea or something? Oh, usually like home and garden magazines oh, yeah, and yeah. things like that, which are way better. Did you grab any of your granddad's reptile weeklies or anything and <laughs> incorporate them into it? Granddad doesn't believe in the media. <laughs> <laughs> really? He doesn't believe in um, – he doesn't 
yeah, he doesn't really consume any sort of media at all. Doesn't watch the news doesn't or watch, he read papers? No, he doesn't wow. do any of that. He The only thing he's read is, so he doesn't believe in like the Bible or anything. He grew up like religious, mm-hmm. um, but he doesn't like it. But then a man at his work, he's like a foreman on a building site. Um, a man at his work came in with like this printout about the Sumerians, which is, I don't know if you know this, but apparently way back when some aliens came to <laughs> <laughs> some aliens came to Earth to mine the Earth's atmosphere for gold because their planet was crumbling or okay, something. Yeah. Um, and then they genetically modified whatever into humans um, uh. and got them to work as slaves. And Grandad believed that's his thing. But he just got it. He doesn't believe anything. He, he says like <laughs> – if you see it with your eyes, don't believe it. If you hear it with your ears, don't believe it. He says that stuff. But then some guy gave him a pamphlet and he just believed it. <laughs> um, did you say when you saw the snake and you were patting it that you, you're you seeing that with your eyes, you're feeling it? <laughs> I was probably about five. <laughs> so I wasn't questioning. Wasn't questioning it then. I wasn't questioning granddad just then. <laughs> um, did you do drama at school? No, drama. My school um, really didn't prioritise the arts. So drama was on at the same time as music. Okay. Um, yeah. And I liked music. Yeah. <laughs> so I did music instead. Did you play an instrument? Um, yeah, I guess you would call um, <laughs> my vocals an instrument. Ah, nice one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I tried, you know. Yeah. Were you lead singer in the school band yes, or anything? Yes, I was lead singer oh. in GSUS for Life. Which what? is like G, as in G, the letter G, and then S-U-S, like G suspended chord for Great. life. Um, yeah, it was good. We, uh, Me and my friend who were in it together, she played piano. We went to schoolies together and by day two of schoolies, we, weren't ha- we just found it boring. And so we bought this like three-day reef pass where you went, <laughs> one day you went to go for a snorkel on the Great Barrier Reef. One day you did something else and another day you went to this island and just hung out. And this island was like sort of derelict and broken down. There wasn't <laughs> anything to do. But there was a piano in one of the side rooms at the hotel there that we found. So then we went in there and the only songs we knew to play off by heart were the Jesus songs. So on schoolies, <laughs> we were in a separate room <laughs> playing piano and singing Shout to the Lord. <laughs> Did anybody come and watch? No, no. no. We we'd made we'd made sure that the room was private. It was a yeah. private session, just for us two on schoolies. Plus, nobody <laughs> else went to that island. <laughs> they knew. <laughs> Do you know what I, what the island is now? Is it a? No, I got no idea. Wow. I also didn't really on schoolies. I, I don't really know why I. I just wanted to go because at that point in time, I, I thought my friend who I was going with, she was like the coolest person to me in my eyes, and I was like, "What? Well, this she's friends with me?" <laughs> yeah. You know, until you realise that. Uh, You'll be, you'll have lots of friends. <laughs> I mean, I'm still really good friends with her. Yeah. But yeah. Does she still play piano? Um, no. 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 Does she live in Townsville? No, she lives in Cremorne. In Sydney. No, here. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's like near Richmond, I think. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah that I little. That. It's like a little pocket. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever thought about getting G sus? Um. Back together again. I. I mean. Cause, cause I do comedy. I don't, I don't really think there's the need. <laughs> but if things go badly, I think that's a pretty good market. Like religious music? bands. I'm a really religious yeah. music. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It goes pretty well. Be an interesting juxtaposition with your style of stand up, and then to be singing in a <laughs> church, church. Yeah, there is a lot of death. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> What about uh, post high school? Did you go straight into a, into a, the workforce, or did you study? Well, I had um, a job that I'd had through high school, mm-hmm. so I started when I was like fourteen or fifteen. I don't know. Whenever it was legal, I started working at fourteen nine months in New South 14, Wales. Nine, is that oh, about? Is that the same? Up there? It's probably the same. I remember mm-hmm. like waiting because my birthday's later in the year. Oh, yeah. Um, and I started working at a pet boarding kennel. Oh, sorry, pet resort. Pet resort. Pet resort. That's a great job. It was the best, um, except a lot of the time, I guess, you probably don't think about what a lot of the job is going to entail. So you get to work and it's like early morning. So I just you, picture you're just cuddling dogs. No. No. <laughs> I mean, you do do that, but the majority of it is you get in straight away 6am when your body's not like <laughs> ready to be awake and then you go pick up shit, <laughs> clean out the kennels. 
and then take them for a walk and then feed them and then do washing the dogs, dog grooming, all that jazz. So when you go in, are they, they'd be yipping too straight away, wouldn't they? There'd be plenty of noise going on as soon as you arrive. Yeah. It'd be hard to be used to that first thing in the morning. Uh, no, you get used to it pretty soon. I remember the first day I worked there, um, the overwhelming smell of the dog shit when we first got <laughs> in in the morning was just like it, it was gagging. And you you sort of like pick it up with these scoopers and you don't empty it after every dog kennel because you'd, you'd be wasting time. Okay. So you're sort of like scraping multiple shits <laughs> onto this dog and then until, until it's so heavy that you can barely lift up the pooper scooper and then you empty it into the bin. Um, and, yeah, I remember doing doing that in the morning and I kept on getting shit on my leg. <laughs> like everybody was getting shit on their legs. And for the first like – few weeks I did it I kept on like spraying the shit off as soon as I would get it on and you just get to a point where you don't care anymore <laughs> you just wait till the end of the shift <laughs> what did uh, people think dropping off their dogs and oh. leaving it with these people that are just covered in shit oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't think they noticed because uh the dogs I, it's on the back of your legs usually okay. so you're sort of backing in and out of the rooms I guess <laughs> yeah. it was yeah there was a lot of I mean the the job I loved it. It was my favourite job ever. <laughs> and it was like we're all a little family there too. Yeah. So I remember for my birthday they um, told me to go like empty the shit bin. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yeah. Um, and then I walked inside and then all of a sudden like a bunch of the girls jumped out of one of the kennels and they all had water balloons <laughs> and they started chasing me up from the back end of the kennels to the front office. And when I got to the front office, I was trying to open the glass door to get in and the receptionist had locked me out. So then I was just <laughs> standing there at the glass door being pelted with the <laughs> balloons. But it was a great show. I worked there after high school for like, I guess like uh, maybe nearly a year. Mm-hmm. And then because it was like split shifts – um, morning and afternoon, uh, yeah. and about two and a half hours in the morning. It was not enough work, mm. and I wasn't going to uni, so I was like, I should probably do something. It's a good uh, – the business of dog kennels now is great. Like, I imagine they would do a, a good in- – like, it would be a good job. If you, I, I guess you'd need to own it, though, than work there full time. Yeah, no, but working there – we didn't get paid much at all. We got paid not – I don't think it was legal. <laughs> um, was it cash? I don't remember. Mm. I remember – I think it might have been because we had envelopes. Yeah. But it was – I remember the rate. It was $10 an hour. Yeah, which, that's pretty low. Yeah, I remember when I was like 14 and nine months, it was better than all my friends because they were on like 7 oh, or $8. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. When I started, I think I was like $8 or something at Woolies. So. Yeah. But then once I was – 18, it was, it was no longer. Yeah, everybody else was on like $21 at Woolies and stuff and I was I was not earning much money. You know, $50 a day is not <laughs> Was there not any uh, pets there that you would have been happily oh, happy to steal? So there was, there was a few. There was Jasper Reamers who <laughs> we call all the dogs by their first and last names because it's like their first name is their name and their last name is their family name okay. of the actual – people who own them. And Jasper Remus was this like um, brown standard poodle, like a big poodle. <laughs> and there was something wrong with him. Like I don't know what it In was. The head. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and so he used to do this thing with his neck and he used to like rub his head on you and he, he got like really snotty in the eyes um, and none of the other girls liked him very much <laughs> because he was like kind of gross. <laughs> but I love I loved him because he'd he'd always like he'd want to like he'd push his head into you quite hard too when he was doing the neck thing, <laughs> and I loved him so much. I would have I was so happy to see him every time. Yeah. There was Sasha Quinlan, this Rottweiler that everybody thought <laughs> <A> was Rottweiler. <laughs> Sasha Quinlan. <laughs> everybody <laughs> thought she was um really aggressive. Mm. Um, and it turned out she just was really playful. <laughs> um, and so I'd go in and play with her. And then there was there was this Chihuahua called Lucky who um, was extremely aggressive <laughs> and um, Lucky came in. She came in for like a trial visit before her actual visit because she was so aggressive that only her owners could handle her and nobody else was allowed near her. <laughs> um, and they wanted to see if she would be able to stay at a dog boarding kennel because I guess they'd had this dog and never gone away and <laughs> left her. And so the like our bosses, they said, we'll pay whoever can feed this chihuahua $50. <laughs> um 
and no, everybody else failed because the chihuahua started attacking them and they gave up. <laughs> and then I took the carry case that she was in out into this like dog yard and I sat down with her and tried to like hand, like feed it. Like you'd usually like put peanut butter on your fingers and try and lure <laughs> them out with that. And then eventually she came out and she was like coming near me and then I'd try and like get her and she'd start attacking me. <laughs> and then I just like, I just got her one time and I just picked her up and I let her sort of like, like, <laughs> like five minutes. And I just held her to my chest. And then <laughs> after that point, she was all right with me. Wore her down. Yeah, I wore yeah. her down. And then I was the only body who could handle Lucky. <laughs> lucky. I loved her. And she, yeah, I liked that about her, that I was the only one who could handle her. So yeah. she went away and she came back and she stayed with us for like six weeks or something. <laughs> And my boss has made me come into work every afternoon after school. So I was coming in seven days a week for the whole time that she was there to feed her. (laughs) And then by the end of it, somehow, like, because I'd pick her up to my chest and let the other girls pat her, because if you held her, she'd let you pat her. And by the end of her stay, um, she was fine. Like, she'd let anybody pick her up. And so then when... When her owners came, they, like, came and picked her up and then we got, like, a card in the mail a few weeks later that was, like, thank you so much. <laughs> My dog is normal. <laughs> and then they gave us some nougat. As a thank Like you. a stick of nougat. That's which it. is, like, the weirdest gift to give <laughs> to a bunch of teenage girls. But I loved it. And You then, may have been a dog whisperer without even realising. Yeah. I, oh, I don't know if the dog whisperer would just pick up the aggressive dog. <laughs> just hold it <laughs> tight for five minutes. <laughs> but it was good. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> So you, you made the decision that you needed to do something because the hours weren't um, amazing at the at the dog kennel. What, what did you do? I started working part time at Sanity Music. Yes. <laughs> um, and then I, I I thought that the hours would get better over time. Mum mm-hmm. and Dad were like, "Just start working there, and you know your your hours will go up over time. You'll eventually go your way up through the ranks." Yeah. And then I worked there, and I. I got to manage Sundays. On Sundays, I got to be in charge of the store. But there was also like a 2IC and a manager and the manager left and then a different manager. And I was like, I'm never going to get – it's been eight months. I'm never – if I'm not going to get up the ranks in eight months, I'm not going to get up the ranks. (laughs) Um, So I left and I worked at the call centre Telstra. Right. Was there any unruly staff at Sanity that you had to – that only you could deal with and you had to – Hold them for five minutes just to calm them down. I wish. There was unruly staff, but (laughs) I didn't ever get near them. (laughs) You're listening to Taking It Easy with Daniel Connell. Hey, before we go back to the podcast, I want to tell you about someone. That someone is Melbourne-based photographer Nicole Reid. One of the most sought-after photographers going around, Nicole has taken photos for all sorts of people. Comedians like Peter Hellyer and Anne Edmonds, musical acts like the Hilltop Hoods, and sports stars like Buddy Franklin. If you want to see how great her work is, I suggest you head over to her Instagram page. It's Nicole Reed Photographer. While you're at it, you may as well jump on her website, which is www.nicolereed.photography. Get in contact and book in a shoot today. Now let's get back to the podcast. And you moved to the UK not long after that. Yeah. I worked at Telstra for like eight months and saved up money. And then mm-hmm. I, my friend who was the one who I was singing with the piano with mm-hmm. at schoolies, she'd moved to London and I was like, I, I guess I'll go too. Mm-hmm. And so I decided in like three weeks later I was there. Really? Well, however long it took me to get a visa, I just decided one day and then I was there a little bit later. That's pretty uh, – had you travelled internationally much before that? I'd never been overseas. <laughs> yeah. Had you been out of, down to Melbourne or Sydney? Um, I'd been to – I think I'd been to Sydney maybe. I had been to Melbourne but only to fly in to get on a bus to go out to Elmore to go do um, AJ2007, which is a <laughs> scout camp. It's a jamboree. <laughs> what does AJ stand for? Um, Australian jamboree. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Do you want to know what 2007 says? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a pretty big move. Just Townsville to the UK. Yeah. First international. Yeah. yeah off you go. I, did, I really did no research. I remember I got off the plane and my friend met me at the airport and then she was like, what do you want to do? <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't know. I just spent all my time getting my visa, but I hadn't. 
I didn't even know, like, I didn't know what Trafalgar Square was. I oh. didn't know what anything was. And so I didn't, I, I just didn't really know what to do. <laughs> For the first year that I was there, I was just sort of like walking around being like, oh, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> it was very strange. <laughs> did you move in with the, did you have your place sorted and, your, and a job or anything no. lined up? You just went for it. Yeah, I just went there. I'd saved up, like, I'd saved up like a fair bit of money working at, Telstra because I live with my family mm-hmm. so I just I managed to save up like 20 grand and I didn't really know oh, really I didn't really yeah I didn't really that's, know what to do with money that's great so I just moved over there and then yeah I mean I'd never had I never earned money before so I didn't mm. know I was not spending any money because I'd been used to earning like $50 a day <laughs> just stockpiling it all so I, I think that meant that when I went over there, I wasn't too scared because yeah. I was like, oh, it's all right. If anything happens, I can buy. I've got enough to buy a plane flight home. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what what work did you do once you settled in? I worked – so I got a job as a nanny. Um, it was a live-in nanny position. So I moved in with a family and it was a, it was a sort of a weird arrangement because the parents were, were separated. Um, so I lived in this house with the kids and then they both had their own houses what? Set outside of that house. Um, and the mum would come and she would stay with us for a week. Wait, wait, <laughs> yeah. wait. Let's just set this set this up. So is it all one complex? No. You're, so there was never a parent in the house with you? Like you, you were, they would just come at different times? There was never a time where you lived with the mum or the dad in the house? Yeah, no, no, they would. So they both had their own independent houses and me and the kids had a house and the mum, she would come and stay with us for a week and then she would leave and then the dad would come and stay with us for a week and then he would leave. That is great. They must have had so much money. Yeah, it must, yeah. What did they do? Do you remember what their jobs were? Yeah, I remember the mum. I don't know if I – yeah, it's nobody cares. Um, you don't have to say their name. No. The mum, she was like head of e-commerce at Topshop. Okay. Um, and the dad worked in that like – I can't remember if it's called the Gherkin or the Pickle. It's one of the two. You the know that Gherkin. big building? I think yeah. he's in finance. The I Gherkin, don't know. yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I just find that amazing that, that for divorced people, I guess it's a great setup to be able to have that luxury to be able to just come and go. Yeah. I mean, if we- you can afford it <laughs> – God, imagine it'd be so nice to just have your own place that's all lovely and then you go stay at the shit house yeah. <laughs> that's all got the kids shit everywhere. Yeah. And you come back to your nice apartment. So did you have your own room and the kids had their own rooms? I had my own room and we moved We moved once. So mm-hmm. the first house we were in was sort of like this converted, like I guess like a railway like station thing. It was it – was, <laughs> It was not big. It was small, but it was like I think it was like a ticket. I don't know what it was, but it was like downstairs was like a sort of studio area, and then upstairs was like I had a tiny room, and then the kids had a small room with like bunk beds, and then mm-hmm. the big room was for like the mum or the dad, whoever okay. was there that week. Yeah. And then the second place we went to, the kids had the master bedroom, mm-hmm. which was like whoa. <laughs> yeah. They had the master, and it was humongous. And yeah. then I was in just a normal room, and the parents had their own room still, but. Yeah. Did you fun. did you uh, like kids? Did you realize that you like kids at the time, or that like as much as animals? Um, I think I'd always. I think I just accidentally became a nanny. Um, <laughs> That's how she became. <laughs> <laughs> I was out on my fanny, literally. <laughs> my bum, though. <laughs> um, Any. So we. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I just because everybody else was an Australian nanny. I guess I was just like. I guess I'd be a nanny too. So, yeah. So no qualifications for that. You don't need to do any. I'd babysat like some my mum's friends' kids while her and my mum went kickboxing. <laughs> Did you say that to the parents? <laughs> Yeah, I just told them because <laughs> they found me on Gumtree. Well, I found them on Gumtree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get. I don't know. And then what happened? I love if they just, just thought, thought, "Oh, she's worked in a boarding camp for a couple of years." <laughs> she's dealt with animals. Yeah. I think I did put that on my CV though, as like, "Look, I love things, yeah. so it's fine." Yeah. But it did make me think I I don't want to have kids. Right. Yeah. For a, for a certain amount of time or forever. Forever. <laughs> God. What did they do? Were they were they shitheads? Well, the boy was a – he was a sweet angel. That's not – And um, the little girl was very moody. <laughs> like he, so, I've never met anybody more moody in my life. 
and that that was like I, I, I don't know how you deal with like I don't because that I felt crazy like a lot of the time I felt like these ch- like this child was gaslighting me like the <laughs> whole was. time yeah it was could yeah, yeah probably always and I think that's what I was just like kids can be evil mm. and um, also I remember talking to all the other nannies and for some reason. All of the kids that we looked after were the same ages and the same sort of like gender setup. So it was like four-year-old boy, six-year-old girl when we started. And every single one of them said the same thing. And it was like the girls are demons <laughs> and the boys are good. But everybody also said the same thing, like more experienced nannies. Like there was a, there's a point where they flip and suddenly uh, the girls yeah. become sweet angels and the boys become tiny demons. Yeah. But I don't know if that's true because I, I haven't. You got out. Can, uh, yeah, I left. Have you, did you keep in contact with that? family at all so not like we like a little bit after mm. and then like um the mum changed jobs and so we used to co- communicate through a work email yeah <laughs> healthy you know yeah. good stuff because my i guess my phone didn't work anymore because i moved back home yeah yeah and so we've fallen out of touch now but apparently they're living in sydney really apparently they're living in australia yeah okay. yeah Maybe you can so see I could. It at the sydney comedy festival or something like that yeah maybe Have dinner before yeah we could do yeah. that be nice. 18 plus, the show. <laughs> 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 I guess I'm not doing one. <laughs> so, a couple of years in the UK? Yeah, two years. And then you come back to Australia? Yeah. To Townsville? Yeah, to Townsville. So, what? What? how long after that did stand-up comedy come into you? Mm, I got back in October and I think my first gig was in February. Right. Because I... The last year that I was in London, the first year was a nightmare because I was I didn't know what I was doing mm. and I'd done no research. And then the second year, I sort of like I went to Bruges for Christmas. Oh yeah, like my my second year in London. My first year in London, was, the Christmas was disgusting. <laughs> I stayed in bed because I miss my family, and I just I watched videos of soldiers coming home from Afghanistan oh to surprise their dogs. <laughs> I was just crying watching that. (laughs) And the second year I went to Bruges and I made a heap of friends and we had a nice time. Yeah. And I remember there was like a boy I did scouts with. He told me I should do comedy. And my cousins always told me I should do comedy. And then I went on this trip to Bruges and I met a bunch of people. And um, like one of the boys from that tour, uh, he told me I should do comedy too. And I was like, all right, well, that's a bunch of people. I guess I should do it. Yeah. Um, Give it a go at least. Yeah. And then I moved back home and... I don't know why. I was in London and I was like, I want to do comedy, but I didn't do it over there. I waited. I was like, oh, I remember signing up to do a comedy course in London, but to do it in Townsville <laughs> once I got okay. home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. first gig was in Townsville? Yeah. Was it in Townsville at, I can't remember what it's called, the oh, the Heritage. No, it's not called the Heritage. I don't know what it's called. But I it, can't remember. But it, was just a, it wasn't raw or anything like that. It was just a normal weekly gig. Well, it was this gig called Find the Funnies. Which was like the production company up there um, ran a like comedy workshop thing. Yeah. We did like seven weeks of classes and then you did comedy for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I did that and then I did my first gig and then it went really well. Did you have drawings in your first gig? No. Just just stand up? Yeah, just stand up. Yeah. And I remember I've got a video of it. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I'm crushing. <laughs> yeah, crush. but I probably I wouldn't do. I don't think I do any of the stuff that I. No, I don't do anything from. Did that you write anymore. slightly sort of dark and twisted sort of things early? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My first one of my first bits. I think it's like a bit. Like my first ever bit that I wrote was about how. It's a bit cliche, you know, like girls talking about like periods and stuff. They always mm. say this, but it was about. It was a story about when my. When I got my period for the first time, I was supposed to be going to a pool party and like your first time, you don't really want to be thinking about tampons and stuff. But my mum mm. took me to the shop, bought a tampon, took me into a disabled toilet and then showed me how to put one in by her putting one in herself in front of me. <laughs> and so it was that story, which I think is quite, that's quite confronting, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was, was any family at that gig when you were doing that bit? No, I told them I told them nobody was allowed to come. <laughs> yeah. Probably rightly so. Yeah. Too. <laughs> uh, uh, where do you think the that dark and slightly twisted you, you have you, you have that angle in your stand up uh, from time to time. Where do you think that came from? Is that it come from growing up in Townsville or is it just your your family the 
Where's that? Where's that coming from? Yeah, I think it's just all my family. I guess my mum's catchphrase is "shit happens, then you die." (laughs) (laughs) That's quite dark. Um, And my granddad always like he was always talking about dying, um, and always saying like when he dies, just like throw him throw him in the ground or throw him in a river and (laughs) just like have a party. Which I think then, and also we were killing like he was killing heaps of animals and stuff because of like eating them. Um, And so I guess you're seeing death a lot. Sorry, he he was killing lots of animal. Uh, yeah. So he he's like always sort of like had his own animals. So he's always had like pigs or cows and turkeys and chickens and snakes. whatever. Yeah, snakes. <laughs> you got to have a bit of everything. And so we would kill them when it was time to eat them. Ah, okay. Um, and I like also we, he used to kill the feral pigs a lot. Well, mm-hmm. he always killed the feral pigs. Um, so we go check the pig traps and then like we. would Kill them and then take them home. And so you you saw all that from a young age. Yeah, Granddad used to like. I would go out with him, and I used to like because for my like third, I, don't, I think it was like three or four. My uncle Peter, he had been roo shooting. That was like his job, and he'd been doing well. And he <laughs> <laughs> good on you, Uncle Peter. You're doing well, mate. Um, and he'd bought me a present. And it was a tiny, like, Wee 50 quad bike. I thought you were going to say a tiny <laughs> kangaroo. <laughs> I wish, but no. Quad bike's pretty sweet, though. It was It was the best. Yeah. Um, I love that. Its name is Susie. It still exists. It's still going good. Gave it a name? Yep. It's, uh, well, it's a Suzuki. It's got a, oh. And it had a little number plate that said Susie on the back <laughs> of it. Um, my little cousins have it now. He's kids. And... Um, yeah, I used to drive behind Granddad's Ute on the Pee Wee Fifty, mm-hmm. um, and we'd go in to check the pig traps, and then he'd shoot them, and he'd I'd pretend to help him, like put them on the back of his Ute, and then we'd so take you, him back. So th- when do you have fond memories of getting to a trap and just like, <laughs> like, and then him just bang in the head? Yeah, well, it was quality time with Granddad. <laughs> Nice fun time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but we would gut the pigs, and he would show me all the organs when he'd take, like, wow. tell me what they are. Yeah, as he took them out. I remember like loving looking at them because organs are like, you know, like you see flesh ripping apart, mm. and it's like all sort of like a bit jagged and whatever. But then when mm. you see an organ, it's like a glistening jewel. Yeah. It's like perfect <laughs> and different colors. Yeah, I thought they were amazing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you don't seem like you're a very lovely, normal person. Thank you. But but it's quite a thing. Like not many kids are seeing that stuff growing up. No. Like it's I, I didn't. I never saw anything. Get, I saw fish get gutted when we'd go fishing, but I never saw anything. Yeah. You know, shot in the head and and gutted. Uh, it's it's it kind of it, I, I can see that now. It explains where. Your that glint in your eye you have with the darker stuff and the we, we, you probably get away with it on stage, yeah. Um, but because you sell it so well, and that kind of explains why you you do because you've seen yeah. some dark stuff. Well, I think I guess a lot of people probably think of it as like, well, it is quite dark. Um, but I guess for me also, it's like a sweet memory. It's like, oh, this is beautiful family time while <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about animals dying or Yeah, well, whatever. often when you say it on stage, you've got a big smile on your face. Yeah, Christmas. <laughs> Thinking about it. <laughs> so everything starts taking off after that. You did raw comedy. Yeah. One raw, raw comedy. Well, I, uh, I, I moved out. I did raw comedy and I got to state final and then the next year I won. Right. Um. Had yeah. you moved to Melbourne at that point? Yeah, I moved to Melbourne about, I guess, like six months into doing comedy. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this is all right. I've found a thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Nannying was not for me. <laughs> and the dog boarding kennel doesn't pay enough. Yeah. So. What did you, What did your family think about the comedy? Um, well, think that makes sense? They did after they saw – I showed them the video of my first gig. <laughs> what did your mum think of that bit? She – Loved it. <laughs> she does not care if I say good or bad things about her as long as I'm talking about, about her. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But does she pl- – uh, my dad's kind of similar, but he plays it up as that though he hates it. He's like, what are you bloody talking about me for? But <laughs> yeah. does she do the same? Like, what are you going to bloody talk about me? But secretly they're like, yeah, keep doing it. Yeah, she. Yeah, you can tell. You can see that glint in their yeah. eye, can't you? Where they, they feel like they know it's from a place of you loving them. <laughs> And then the following year after you, you did your first show, Bush Rat, first solo show. 
I did Zone and then I did oh, yeah, I did that zone. and then I did Bushrat and then that was fun. One best newcomer. Yeah. Not a bad little. Get. Oh, yeah, it was pretty pretty fun, yeah. pretty sweet. It was Girl all the way from Townsville, buddy. Yeah. Take well, on the best newcomer. Yeah, I love I loved it. Because also Bushrat's my, I thought it was fun for my family because yeah. it's my nickname. Right. That's what they call me. So, yeah. yeah. I'm not surprised. By that. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and your little peewee, uh, what was it? Four wheeler? Little peewee Qu- 50. Quad yeah, bike. quad bike. Yeah, yeah. nice. Uh, See, so that's what your granddad called you back then. Bushrat, yeah, because I used to just go off into the bush for the day. <laughs> he sewed me up this little um, bag, this little canvas bag that I'd strapped to the front of Susie, my peewee 50. <laughs> And I'd go up to his vegetable garden and like pick veggies for the day, and then I'd go off. <laughs> and he had access to any like heaps of army ration packs as well, so I would just <laughs> take what I wanted. Yeah. Could you could you shoot a gun or like a bow and arrow or anything when you were young? Like, did you? Mm, no, he never let me shoot guns and stuff. But I have mm. shot a gun. Yeah. Because my primary school childhood best friend, um, she was into like doing rifle shooting at ranges. <laughs> so sometimes we'd go to the rifle range and shoot together. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever – I'd imagine if you're, you know, you're pretty – you're being toughened up, like your granddad is toughening you up. You're doing those things that most kids wouldn't be doing. Did you ever find yourself in a situation at school, maybe in a bit of biffo or argument where you just had no fear because you were like, I've seen – I'll gut you. I'll gut you. I don't – no, I think I was pretty – this is where I have a thing where I don't know how I was at school because in my mind I was very quiet mm. at school and very shy but then also sometimes my friends – like I was talking to one of my friends recently. She was like, no, you were very loud at school. <laughs> you bullied one of the teachers. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> So I don't really know what I was like at school because <laughs> I have this image in my mind of a shy girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, w- once you won the best newcomer, things started – like it really took off after that. You started getting a bit of TV stuff, the, the catering show you are on there. Yep. Yeah, just th- things start happening. You start getting more offers and management comes along. Did it, did it all happen much quicker than you thought it might or did you did you think you might be able to get a few – tick a few of those boxes off? Uh, once you, once you got down to Melbourne, well, I yeah, I didn't really understand how it worked when I moved out. I didn't really know about like management, and I didn't really know about like I knew no, I didn't. Even, I don't even think I knew about like best newcomer and things like that. I only knew about Raw because that was always on TV mm-hmm. every year, so I didn't know about like anything else really. But I also remember like because because I got signed quite early on. It was like during it was during Zone, so before mm. I'd done my solo show, right. and I remember they asked me to go for a meeting, and I was like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> oh yeah, all right. <laughs> I'll have a chat, and then we went in and we just talked about it, and then I came out. And I just remember calling my partner, being like, "So I guess I'm, I guess I'm managed now." <laughs> right. I don't really understand what that is yeah. as well. So yeah. it was sort of like a weird, I don't know, like. Trying to figure figure yeah. it out as I go. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have happen that often that early. I think so. It's probably anybody that gets signed that early wouldn't really know what the hell's going on. No, I don't think because there's a lot of people as well who like you know they have fun and don't really like need need it mm. or like want it. And I d- I don't really I didn't really know what it was at all. Yeah. So I was just like, I guess yes. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, guess yeah. yes. It seems like a yes. Sounds nice. Absolutely. <laughs> Did you when you won the best newcomer? Did you get in in the local Townsville paper or on the, on the news? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, my mum has she posted on my. Is it Townsville Bulletin? Is that T- yeah, it? Townsville Bulletin. The, she posted it on my wall, and she's got the clip outs everywhere. And then they sent they sent me the paper with it in it, and I don't really keep stuff, so I was just like, well, now I've got this yellowing paper. <laughs> you you would have. So it was, it was hard because I I think it's weird to keep photos of you everywhere doing things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's strange. That's for, yeah, that's for parents. To yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like, yeah, they can do it. I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. all right. Did you, was it laminated? No, they just sent me the paper. There's a proper laminated. The whole laminated. thing or just the cutout? Of the... the whole thing, the whole okay. paper. So I don't up, see what else is going on. on. Yeah. Check the births and deaths or whatever. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, you're kicking goals in your comedy. 
Things are going well. Uh, you did another festival show this year. Yeah. Myths and Legends was yep. this year. Um, and then it, do you look like you're going to do another one next year in 2020? No, I'm going to have – I think I'm going to have a break. Yeah. And then come back with – I think I sort of know what I want to do for the next one, so I'm quite excited to like see how I go right. You know when you – every other show sort of been like a bunch of stuff that I put together mm-hmm. and I sort of got an idea that I want to yeah. flesh out, so – that's good. Yeah. And then you can, yeah, you get that extra bit of time to get it together. Start working on it now and by, the, by this time next year you'll be laughing. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you also started a podcast. Mm-hmm. Would that be two years ago? I didn't know how long ago it was, but it's probably, yeah, I guess probably two years ago, years ago maybe. Yeah. 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 Uh, called um, Batch Bitch yes. Podcast. Uh, with uh, your good friend and our good friend, comedian uh, Naomi Higgins. Yes. Now, I've seen a bit of The Bachelor. It's basically you just bitching about The Batch, The Bachelor. Yeah. Uh, did you start the podcast because you liked The Bachelor? No, I'd never seen The Bachelor at okay. all. Um, and Naomi messaged me and said, do you want to do a podcast about The Bachelor? Um, and I just sort of wanted to spend more time with her. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so I said yes, but I didn't realize at the time how many episodes a week this stuff is. Mm. It's like four episodes a week. It is on a lot. It's, or maybe it's not four. Maybe it's like I think I think The Bachelor's two, but we also did Married at First Sight, okay. which was four episodes a week, and that show was. Like at the end of it, we were having mental breakdowns because it was so anxiety inducing. <laughs> watch people manipulate each other so badly. Yeah. But we're going to do it again. <laughs> so, did you think you would? Because uh, they're kind of like they're a lot of they get they rate through the roof in Australia. Like the the ratings for those shows. So somebody's watching them. Lots of people are watching them. Nobody's watching them to be make themselves smarter or anything. They're just it's just that guilty pleasure of you know having a cup of tea. Watching that, having a laugh at other people's expense. Yeah, uh, but it does get it. Like you were saying, watching people manipulate it, it does get nasty. And, yeah, and it, it's kind of. I've watched it a few times, and it's it's kind of part. It gets past the point of uh, being funny sometimes. Like it's just a bit yeah gross when you watch it sometimes, and like you just see the way they treat the other people, <laughs> yeah. and you just end up. Like feeling bad for them Mm. and also knowing – because also like everybody's aware now that the producers like manipulate people. That's it. Like they just – And torture them. Yeah, but the general public don't understand that uh, the way they edit things and cut things, they they can make a baddie out of that. You know, yeah. Sure, some people are douches on there, yeah, and that comes across. But they, yeah, it's all down to editing and it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. But um, but no, yes. Uh, do watch all the shows that you can. I mean, honestly, most people who listen to our podcast don't watch the shows. Okay, they they get it all through you. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, which does mean they have some odd takes on the situation. <laughs> 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 Who's been your favourite? Or least favourite person on The Bachelor? Is there someone that gets mentioned a lot throughout the – as sort of like a cornerstone of the each episode? Oh, I liked this – this year there was um, a, a boy in The Bachelorette called Kieran and he was – when I first saw him, I was like, I'm not going to like this man. He was like – very like like tall and swaggery and covered in like like you know the type of tattoos that you like oh this is for aesthetic reasons yeah and then he yeah. had like bleach blonde hair and a mustache and had like a Manchester accent and was wearing like crazy suits and stuff I remember this and time. I was like I'm not gonna like him that was on this year the yeah. goggle box lady was the yeah yeah and then he was the su- sweetest loveliest person <laughs> in the whole world and I just wanted him to. I was I would be friends with him because a lot yeah. of the time, a lot of the guys on the show end up being the type of guys where you're like, oh, we wouldn't hang out. Yeah, we would never. There will be no situation where you would hang out with me and my <laughs> friends. It would be strange. But I was like, oh yeah, he could hang out with my friends and it would be perfectly fine and normal. Yeah, yeah. And what happened to him in the end? His grandma died. Um, oh yeah. no! Yeah, and so he left because he wanted to go be with his family and yeah. stuff, which is also like, what a beautiful, yeah. beautiful sweet man. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> okay, if you're be honest, if now you didn't know much about Bachelor before you mm-hmm. started the podcast, but now 
Say you weren't. Say your podcast finishes up. You go, all right, we'll do this episode, and this will be our last one. But The Bachelor is still on TV. Yeah. Do you still watch The Bachelor? No. Oh, really? No, I find The Bachelor to be extremely boring. Okay. It is just. So it hasn't. It hasn't hooked you in. No, just because it's got like the show, the episodes go for quite a long time and there's not enough content to fill the episode. So then you end up with all this blank, boring space (laughs) that I just can't, I can't, I can't get into. (laughs) Um, But um, I would, I reckon I would still watch maths which is bad because that's the one that makes me feel physically ill. Okay. But Married at first sight. Yeah. yeah. But the bad behaviour does get you in. Yeah. And then do you find yourself during The Bachelor just flicking over to like a Wild Boars <laughs> yeah. documentary or something? I, on my phone I flick through this one lady on Instagram who she catches catfish <laughs> barehanded. <laughs> is that with the – yeah. I've seen that, yeah. They she put their hands down the hole. Oh, yeah, she has all scars on her arm from them biting into her yeah. skin. And um, she keeps on having to address the fact that she's got these scars on her arm and she does it and she, there's a hashtag that's hashtag get bit <laughs> she uses. <laughs> uh, what's the name of that lady? I can't remember. I'll, I'll send you a, a, show. Yeah, I'll I'll send you a screenshot. Um, all right, well, yeah, people listening can yeah, keep an eye out for you in 2021 at festivals. Listen to uh, Batch Bitch. Podcast, yeah, as well. Get around that. How many episodes have you done? Quite a few. So sixty, I think I saw. 60 yeah, more. I guess. Yeah, we've done a fair few. Mm. Yeah, I think we're in the sixties or so. Yeah, so get listen to that, and yeah, follow Danielle on all the social medias. I'll plug all that in the wrap up at the end. But that is about it. Thanks very much for taking it easy with me today. No worries. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks very much for listening. If you'd like to get around Danielle. You can follow her on Instagram. Just put in Danielle Walker. Uh, her tag is Danielle's Cool OK, or one word. That's Instagram. Also, she's got a Twitter page, which is Danielle Walker Comedy. Uh, and she's got a Facebook page as well, Danielle Walker. So check that out. Give them a like. Follow her. You can also check out her podcast with Naomi Higgins called Batch Bitch Podcast. So have a listen to that. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends. Uh, obviously, if you listened on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, as it's now known. Uh, you can like and subscribe, or if you want to tell some friends about it, you can steer them towards Apple Podcasts, get them to leave a rating or a comment. They'd be much appreciated. If you listen on Spotify, send your friends there uh, and just follow follow it there. There's, as I say, there's always you know 40-odd other episodes there if you haven't listened to them all. Uh, you can also listen on my website, danielconnell.com.au. There's a podcast section there. Uh, while you're on my podcast, you can also check out my gigs page. I've got my new show, Cheers Big Ears, touring uh, most festivals in 2020. A lot of their, uh, a lot of the tickets are on sale now. Uh, if you're in a lucky mood as well, you can also check out my Facebook and Instagram pages. They are Daniel Connell Comedy. Give them a like and a follow. Uh, and I'm also on Twitter at Daniel Connell Three. Uh, that is about it. Thanks very much for listening, and take it easy. <laughs>